0: Like Reed said, thank y'all for being here today. We wondered how the crowd would be last week. It was kind of small too with uh, fall break and uh, an ellipse comes on fall break this week as well. So thank y'all for coming. This is uh, a good crowd. We've enjoyed being with you all. Um, just kind of a recap of last week. I think the Kegels are out of town this week too. But Jeannie taught last week and um, talked about uh, wounding. So kind of back up even a little further. And does anybody need a book still? Has anybody not gotten one for your couple? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got... Ordered a few more. So this is the book, if you're new here the first time, this is the book we're going by, Um, and you know, several of you are following along, so we appreciate that. But last week, Gene talked about wounding, and kind of backing up before that, the first section of the book is about connection, and just the importance of having this place with the Lord that you go to and connect with Him, kind of the place that you abide with Him, um, and, and establishing that. And now part two that we're in now is, it's called the core, and it's kind of what keeps us feeling distance from the Lord. You know, things in our lives that keep us um, feeling like we can't get close to God, or our prayers aren't being heard, or just you know, some kind of block or barrier um, between us and the Lord. And so this this first part of that, Jeannie did last week, did beautifully what is a wounding. And it, it goes to the parable in Luke 15 of the lost coin. Um where this coin, you know, did nothing to get lost. It's, it's discarded, it's thrown aside, it's forgotten. But now, you know, you can imagine in a corner of a room, kind of in the dark, dust and grime over it, kind of just feeling forgotten, um, you know, n- unnoticed. And so God chooses to represent his heart towards one who is, is wounded like this uh, with a woman in this story. Um, and the woman, you know, lights a lamp, dusts the house, sweeps it until it's clean, and searches diligently. And I just think it's so neat that God chooses these characteristics to show, and you know, here's what my heart is to someone who's been wounded. I search diligently. Like this woman, I, I know how to search. I made a joke one of the first weeks that Reed's the one who knows how to look for things in our house, and I'm usually the one asking her you know, where something is, and she says, well, where have you looked? Um, and just that, that wives, moms, you know, know how to look diligently. Uh, she sweeps the house clean. You know, someone who's been wounded, knows what that coin feels like, feeling forgotten, feeling lost, needing the Lord to bring the light and say, look, you, you have value. You have my image stamped on you. You have uh, value because I made you. Let me remind you who you are. Let me sweep this, this dirt and grime up. You thought this was who you were. You thought you were lost, forgotten, but I'm going to remind you who you are. And it's this beautiful parable of how the Lord ministers to someone who's been wounded. And we said last week, too, you know, when we think about a wounding. It can be something, Jeannie mentioned this kind of spectrum of a wounding, where, you know, maybe on the lower end, a one or a two is, you know, maybe a, a coworker who, who mistreated you. You know, somebody like maybe Josh mentioned in the sermon, a coworker who stole your idea or, or just is degrading to you. And that's a, a one, two, or three. And the other end of that spectrum is, you know, a, a ten would be, you know, abuse or, or trauma, serious trauma. Um, and so you don't want to be flippant about, about kind of the, the level of woundings that there can be. And I'll say too, you know, this this book, we're kind of uh, the freedom prayer team is kind of the one I'm teaching this class, and this book is is kind of based on freedom prayer tools. In a prayer session, we help people walk, you know, get healing from woundings at, at all those levels, you know, from, from that coworker to serious trauma. But I just want to say, you know, the solution is same, which is what we're gonna talk about today is forgiveness. But when someone's had had serious trauma or abuse, we don't just jump right into forgiveness with them. Okay, time to forgive that person. Here we go. Let's go through these steps. You're going to be good. We're going to we're going to get this cleared out. Sometimes before someone can even think about taking that step towards wanting to forgive someone, we, we have to get Jesus' eyes on the scene. You know, if someone's been hurt, abused, I mean things, you know, rape, trauma, they need to know that, that they're not that lost coin, that Jesus didn't just discard them, throw them away, that, that he, he saw what happened. To ask Jesus, well, Jesus, what were your feelings when that happened? Where, where were you? And we just have, we have story after story of, of him, you know, giving them a sense of, you know, I was there, I was covering your head. I've been with a woman who, that's what Jesus showed her. You know, where were you when this happened to me? She said he was, he was covering my head. I didn't lose my mind when that happened. Um, and just to get, you know, Jesus, what did you feel about that? You know, I, I was heartbroken. I was crushed. I didn't want that for you. And so sometimes that's enough for someone to then ask about taking the steps to to forgive that person. Um, But again, needing Jesus' eyes on that. Do you think you want to add add in that part?
1: Okay.
0: So I just want to mention that. We're going to talk about forgiveness, though. When there's been a wounding, Kind of what gets your heart healing is forgiveness. And, and the book talks about you know, forgiveness from the heart. And it mentions, you know, as, as kids and as parents, we teach our kids, you know, say you're sorry. Uh, okay. And I'll say, yeah, I forgive you. And kind of that lip service. And so we kind of learn, you know, that's how you forgive someone. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I forgive you. You know, the forgiveness has happened. We're good. Let's go on. Um, but sometimes it is just lip service. You know, sometimes that, that doesn't do it. I don't, I can say I forgive you. I can say you're forgiven. But I don't really feel that from the heart. I kind of walk around half-hearted because I'm holding you in contempt. I'm holding you in judgment. On your handout there are some signs of unforgiveness. Um, This list here, you know, these things, if you have these things, doesn't mean that you're you're automatically not forgiving someone. But it could be, if these things are in in your life, that there's someone you need to forgive. Um, You know, things like anger, um, avoidance, destroyed relationships, um, rehearsed arguments. Um I got share that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know about I mean rehearsed arguments that's something I do in my head. When we were pretty early on married, she had this horrible coworker and he was just awful. I mean he, he was a PE teacher but would like push kids, shove kids and was just awful to her. And one day I walked by our bathroom in our condo and she was talking to the mirror like mouth and stuff. I was like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> and she was like, no, "Mr. Reed." <laughs> you know, having this rehearsed argument of what she wanted to say to him. So it could, you know, could be a sign that there might be some unforgiveness in your life. Um, do any of those kind of resonate with you? Have any of you, you know, on that list there, anything in that that you've maybe seen in your own life or you can see how that could relate to unforgiveness? I usually win all those arguments. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it's easy to win those, yeah. I did too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Institutional
3: hatred, like hatred toward a... Yeah.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
4: Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. School, a company. Or
3: a group of people.
0: Mhm. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, church hurt is often something we do in prayer times—a yes. wounding like that. But yeah, school could be the same thing. A company, yeah. somebody that treated you wrong that way. You know, Josh, and Josh mentioned your know, anger today. Is the is the. Is the whole thing of a sermon and that can be a sign of unforgiveness you know this anger kind of welling up in you can stem sometimes from unforgiveness I think you know anger is something I struggle with in my own life and just something that's helped me is asking the Lord you know where did where did this start you know he didn't he didn't make me this way he didn't say okay I'm gonna make Franklin anger is gonna be his thing I'm gonna put that in him see if he can figure this out that that started somewhere so asking the Lord to God, where did that start? Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was something that happened when you were young. But there's a place in time where that started. And asking him to, to show the root of that can be helpful as well. So in a minute, you know, Reed's going to talk about forgiveness and kind of the steps that we kind of use in this ministry to help someone walk through forgiveness. But before she does that, I just want to talk about, you know, what forgiveness is not. And it's there on your handout as well. So when we talk about this, and again, thinking about that scale, that spectrum of, of hurts from small to big, Forgiveness is not a feeling, you know. It's not changing the way I feel about someone. You know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel good about them now. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, just, just change that. That's not possible sometimes. It's not glossing over something that happened. You know, that that wasn't that bad. I can, I can see why they did that. I, you know, I can, I can move past that. Um, it's not forgetting and ignoring the pain and devastation. You know, you have to live with the consequences of what someone did to you. So it's not just kind of sweeping that under the rug and and deciding, you know, that didn't hurt that bad, or I can, I can, I've moved past that. Um, it's not living with a lack of boundaries either. You may, you may need to forgive someone so your heart gets healed, but that doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship with that person always. And there's times when it's imperative that you're not in a relationship with that person. But still, what your heart needs is to let go of anger, of, of bitterness. To not let this bitter root grow up inside of you. Um, it's not a one-time event and then total healing. Um, oftentimes we walk people through these steps in a prayer time but we tell them, hey, Satan's going to try to test this. He's going to come and try to bring up these same things again. And if he brings up something new, just just walk that out again. Just follow these steps and give that to the Lord too. And what happens, and the book mentions this, is over time as, you, as those things come up and you, you give them to the Lord quickly, then you renew your mind in that area. And over time, Satan's attacks kind of don't work in that area anymore because you're kind of continually giving that over to him. And then it's not you know getting over it, pretending it didn't happen, and forgiving and forgetting. Um, and the book talks about you know Peter and kind of what when he asked Jesus, you know, kind of almost kind of sounding a little self righteous when he does this, you know, Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? Up to up to seven times? Should it be seven times, Jesus? And trying to sound you know pretty good. And Jesus is like, you know, no, seventy-seven times, or seven times seven. Um, and just the idea that that. You know how much Jesus has forgiven us and how much he expects us to forgive. And then he goes into this parable of the merciful king. And th- this parable is what we use to kind of base the way we do forgiveness in freedom prayer on this parable where the king you know, has this servant who owes him just this enormous sum of money, just could not be counted sum of money. Um, and he-, he begs for forgiveness. The king's about to th- throw him and his family into prison uh, because he can't pay the debt. But the servant begs for mercy and the king has mercy and so when he forgives the debt, the first thing he does is count up the debt. He counts up what was owed, you know, a, a list, every single thing he's going to forgive. And that's part of what Reed's going to go into it, is counting up what was owed. And then he chooses to release to release the servant. You know, he, he makes the choice, I'm going to release you. And, and that's, Reed's going to talk about that as well. When we need to forgive someone, we need to release them from our judgment. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Reed, and she's going to talk about kind of how we do that.
3: Okay, so I'm talking about what forgiveness is, and I'm pulling a lot of this from page 94 in your book. Um, And I just want to encourage you, you know, if you feel like, oh, I'm behind, I can't catch up, you can. In this book, and um, it's just so rich. I am not a big reader, and I have loved this book, and I've gone back and combed through it over and over again. And chapters six and seven are my favorite, and that's what we're doing right now, just because we have seen um, how this plays out in the lives of so many people that we've sat with in prayer times um, and just how pow- powerful it is. Um, so, um, on page 94, um, You can read it yourself, but it talks about how Jesus offers the ultimate example of forgiveness in the cross. And so we must allow him to disciple our hearts into true forgiveness. Um, This Jesus who canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That's from Colossians 2.14. So something about the way Jesus forgives is much more active than the quick verbal response that we've been trained to mutter, you know, I forgive you. I mean, Jesus' forgiveness was active and layered. So we see this pattern of actively dealing with the debt and removing it in that parable of the unmerciful servant that Franklin just talked about in Matthew 18. Um, So this parable gives us marching orders. So Jesus shows us an active forgiveness, and this parable gives us the marching orders of how to do this. So um, with this active and layered approach, we can wholeheartedly pardon the one who wronged us. So forgiveness is a choice to relinquish my right to a personal vengeance and to trust God to do what is best. It clears space for truth and healing. So the steps of forgiveness that are modeled for us in these stories. Um, Counting the debt. So this was new to me. Um, But acknowledging it and naming it, kind of like creating a list. And then after we have that list, which we rely on the Lord to bring to mind everything that we're still carrying and need to put on that list. Um, and also, the enemy hopes we'll keep that. He, co- he hopes we will not name every last thing. Um, then we cancel it, and we hand it to Jesus. Um, and so the debt list, it would... And sometimes in a prayer time when we're sitting with people, it can legitimately take an hour to list everything on that list. Um, And it is our joy and honor to sit with people. I mean, this is what a good time looks like for me now. (laughs) And (laughs) our faces might not look like it when we're done, but it is such a privilege to sit with people who are giving this to the Lord. Um, And so it would sound like, statements like, My sister owed it to me to think about my feelings. Or I needed my friend to apologize to me. Or my mom owed it to me to talk to me and make time for me. I needed to feel safe and protected in my own home. My spouse owed it to me to look at me instead of pornography. So all but the last ones are common for grownups to share in prayer times, as well as children. Um, So often these wounds do happen in childhood, either um, from friends or family members, and they've carried them for 40 years, more or less. But they can also be true of our kids and what happens on the playground, or when they see they've been left out on social media from a get-together with friends, and so this is why we think it's so important for us to learn how to forgive from the heart so that we can also teach our kids to do this so they are not carrying this for 40 years. Um, and they can have that wholehearted forgiveness and walk in abundant joy yeah. instead of carrying that.
0: I was going to say, that I just want to back that up too. Just It's so common in a prayer time with someone we ask, you know, where this started? Where did this anger come from? Where did this resentment? Where did this fear that... It, often a childhood memory comes up. I'm just thinking, I mean, it's playing through my mind. Somebody in third grade, a bully in third grade, and I started believing this about myself. And, you know, part of that step is walking through forgiveness of what happened there, but also the beliefs. We'll talk about some next week, too, but what I believed when that happened. Um, So, yeah, I just love that about, you know, helping our kids recognize kind of what they're feeling, where this started, but then getting rid of it then, not letting Satan kind of use that the rest of their lives to make them believe something about themselves or about God.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so common Um, you're all probably starting to think of things in your own lives right now Um, so the next step so the first is counting up the debt making that list and relying on the Holy Spirit to get everything up and off that list and the next thing is canceling it and passing that list to Jesus so it would sound like Jesus I cannot hold on to this list anymore I've been holding it too long. Or, and, um, I choose today to write canceled on it because you have canceled mine. These are things that we know, but it is so powerful to actually do. And say, if I pass this list to you, would you show me or tell me, please, what you will do with it? And you can just pause and wait on him to show you that. Holy Spirit, when the enemy tries to bring this up again, like we know he will, would you remind me that we have already put that on the list and canceled it and dealt with it. And when we do this, we get to look like Jesus. And it's bonus, you get to start seeing other people the way that Jesus does you can just immediately go through those steps and realize where that might have been coming from and that it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Now, the third thing, so we count, we make the list, we cancel it, we pass it to Jesus. The third thing is we release judgment. Um, We repent from holding judgment over that person and we release them from our judgment. So, um, Just an example, I had a prayer time with a lady, um, and her sister had had an affair with her husband. Um, She had done so much work with forgiveness, which was amazing. Like, I just want to stop right there and say that's amazing that she had done so much work with forgiveness in that. Um, However, in this prayer time, the Lord just immediately, like, made her realize that she had never released judgment so she was still holding her sister in judgment and her ex-husband in judgment and some language we can put with that and just kind of saying out loud would be um, I release my husband my ex-husband from being the solution to my pain I declare today I no longer hold my sister in judgment or you can fill in the blank you know I repent for holding my ex-husband in judgment as if I knew all the reasons why he did what he did. I give the job of being judge back to you, Father. Forgive me for taking your role. My skills are not balanced, but yours are with justice and mercy. That's Proverbs sixteen eleven. So we can help our kids with this one too. So... For example, you know, when the game's over and you do the high fives and it gets to you and the other little girl on the softball team puts her hand down and, and won't give you <laughs> the high five, these things happened. Um, <laughs> so we can say, you know, we're going to release her from that judgment because, first of all, later we found out her parents were going through a divorce. This had nothing to do with you. Even if we didn't know that, it is not our job to judge her actions. Um, So this was a step, back to that that lady's prayer time, um, whose sister had had an affair with her husband. This was a a step that was crucial for healing her wound. Um, Sometimes if you think you've forgiven someone, but there's just still something lingering, it's probably judgment that you have not released them from your judgment yet. And so the last thing, um, the last step, so the debt list, cancel it, release judgment, would be to ask God to fill that legitimate need that you had um, that that person could not meet or did not meet. So this is a spiritual exchange. Not only does he want to heal this wound and take this list of needs and debts and off of us, but he wants to replace it with something far better. Um, So some language that we put to that would be like, I had a real need that my husband could not fill. Would you name that for me? And just wait on the Lord to just give you a word or um, whatever that would be. And then you would say, I let my husband off the hook for having to fill this role. Will you fill that role for me, for that need for me? What would it look like or feel like for you to feel that need for me? And when we pause and wait on him, it is just so sweet. He knows exactly what we need. Um, I think this might be like while we're addicted to sitting with people and praying with people, we just get to see the unique relationship that the Lord has with each person in these prayer times. Because that way that he shows how he can fill that need just perfectly for them. Um, it's just so sweet. Um, it might be with an image or a picture, scene or words or scripture. Um, and then you can just ask him, so if I lay this on the altar and ask you to fill this need now, how do you see me? And it's just so sweet help he speaks to his children individually.
0: Just an example of that one, you know, filling the need, it's things like, one that comes to mind right now is a man walking through forgiveness with his dad. His dad never had time for him. And that was just kind of one thing in a list of kind of ways his dad just didn't relate to him like a father and son very well. And um, just kind of longing for that, that relationship. And then when we walked through forgiveness and got to the point of asking the father, Father, would you show me what it looks like for you to meet that need? You know, he, he has his eyes closed, he kind of smiling. and he was like, I, th- I just kind of feel myself standing in the yard throwing a throwing a ball with Jesus like we're just playing catch and it was like something that he needed from his dad, but Jesus is telling him like that's how I want to relate to you that's how that's how that's how easy it is between me and you and like that sounds simple and maybe maybe silly, but like he needed to hear that jesus' love was that way for from him, and that's a place he talk, we talked about several weeks ago that You know, the ways you connect with the Lord, that that, that place where you can go back to that scene and be reminded, yeah, Jesus, you told me it's just like that. It's just like you playing catch with me. Like, that's what I want. I want that kind of relationship with you and you to meet that need. So just scenes like that that he gives in a prayer time that are specific to the person, specific to what they need, are just beautiful.
3: Um, And then um, just kind of bonus, and honestly, not everybody is ready to do this all the time, Um, but just speaking mercy over that person who wounded you that you're forgiving and blessing and just that you will agree with God that he has them Um, so Jeannie mentioned last week that after a wounding there are almost always lies that we start believing about ourselves or about God and we will get into that more in the next couple of weeks so hang tight for that
0: yeah and so that read, you know very well explain those steps. It's kind of a neat little box there, it sounds like, you know, walk, walk through that, your kind of prayer time, it's, it's done. And it often, it often is pretty you know, contained like that, but sometimes someone comes in, and you kind of, as the prayer leader, kind of realize yeah, they're, holding, they're holding judgment against this person. They've, they've mentioned this guy, as kind of strong emotion maybe connected to this. But when you ask them, would you be willing to walk through these steps of forgiveness, sometimes the answer is no. I don't, I don't think I can do that. You know, I, don't, I don't think I'm ready to do that. And we honor the person. We're not going to push them to go anywhere they want to go. But we will kind of open-handedly, you know, just offer, yeah, that, that's, that's fine. And, and whenever you are ready, we're happy to do that. But here's, here's what this looks like. You're, you're going to have this bitter root kind of growing inside of you. And, and you're kind of at a crossroads, a path here where you can, you can keep going the way you're going. And kind of, you know, the things that are in your life, the rehearsed arguments, the anger, that's going to kind of keep kind of driving you as this bitter root just keeps growing. Or we can walk through these steps and, and get this off of you and get the need replaced. Um, and sometimes that helps the person kind of see that, yeah, I don't want to keep kind of walking in what I'm walking in. I want to get this off. Um, other times it's something small, like with maybe a, a great parent, but just we're kind of lacking in some areas. And kind of counting that debt list seems unhonoring to them. You know, my, my dad was a great guy, but I'm, I'm saying these things about him. It didn't feel right to say he owed me. He didn't feel right to... To kind of make this list against him, we we tell the person we're, we're going to bless them at the end. This is this is not about condemning your dad, condemning your mom, condemning your brother or sister. We're going to bless them at the end. It's just about what you felt in these situations and getting off of your heart what you're holding. Um, so that often helps people as well. Um,
3: and just yeah. recognizing again that the enemy wants you to keep that, mm-hmm. like he wants you to keep that list of debts and wounds instead of giving them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I just kind of want to throw in here also. We keep talking about like when we have prayer times and when, you know, we get to do this, walk this out with people. Um, This book is for you to learn how to have these tools and to connect with the Lord and get your freedom on your own. Um, I just know that there are times I can do that and there are times where I need to sit with where two or more are gathered in his name. Um, so it's both, did you want to add to that?
0: Or? No, I just, okay. yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we just wondered, I mean, do you have any thoughts or questions about that process or hey that sounds weird or you know well, how does this work or any just thoughts about that or, or something from the book you read this week, we just want to give you time if there's something on your mind that you'd like to share or ask or. I think the list making
4: seems on the front end like you were saying about dishonoring. Dishonoring, yeah it seems counter-cultural to yeah. a Christian or Southern or mm. American yep. experience to like I sh- I'm supposed to compromise in this relationship or I'm yeah. supposed to get over this or it's not really that big of a deal and yep. I need to work on it mm-hmm. and I think you know seeing it as like naming it is working on it mm-hmm. is maybe a shift
0: great point I feel yeah. like
4: that like the first step to me is not like most things I guess the hardest step like mm-hmm. yeah it just seems like I've been told the, always like you can you got it yes
3: mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that because it is so common it's just kind of how yeah southern kind culture just smile and nod you know
0: <laughs> yeah and it's so healing for like Jesus to get everything off of that list for him often towards the end of it we'll start having them say you know, ask Jesus what else needs to be on this list. Is this list complete? And they'll be like, Oh, oh no, this, yeah, this too, and this time this happened. Like He knows everything that needs to be on there. So, and it's just healing to name all those things. So, yeah, that's a great, great point you made. And
1: I think the part of that that's countercultural to the world is this is not a list or a letter to the person. Mm-hmm. This is not a list or a letter yeah. to be delivered and say, I need to get this out of me. I need you to know mm-hmm. how you wronged me. Yeah, um, and that's I think that's really sometimes even more difficult that it may require like a forgiveness that releases me to freedom may require mm-hmm. that the other person can continue living not really yeah. knowing
4: mm-hmm. that I've done this
1: great thing of having their what debt to me canceled. Yes, and that and that's where the true freedom is because yes. it's not me convincing them it's not me doing Holy Spirit work
4: for the other person. Yep, yep. Um,
1: which it, it is more my temptation honestly than keeping it inside sometimes. Yeah. I wanna help you experience freedom from mm-hmm. these evil ways that you're treating somebody yep. that I love. Yep. Um, you need to be free of that.
4: Yes. So I
1: think that you know, that can be a difficult as, as difficult as it can also be to like feel like you're creating a list that's not honoring it can also be difficult to <coughs> to believe and trust that Jesus yes. is doing Holy Spirit as much as he's doing Holy Spirit work for me,
3: mm-hmm. there's
1: Holy Spirit work yes. to be done for the
3: Thank you for sharing that. Also, so true and so common. Yeah.
5: When you say that uh, two or more gathered yeah. or by yourself, mm-hmm. on it is this is like there's more of an intensity the closest to God when there's two or more gathered. Yes. Is yes. that is that common with so this? Do you find it's more common, or it can go either way?
0: I would say you know we'll walk these steps out ourselves. You know, as we're getting ready for work mm-hmm. or something, something comes up and we'll kind of walk these steps out. I think when it gets stuck or it's like it keeps recurring it's like something something's I'm missing something I need I need brothers and sisters together and just that trust in that promise that he says when yeah. you gather like that I'm there and just how real that is that I'm there and I'm going to point out the things that you're leaving off the list mm-hmm.
5: um so are you saying that there's more intensity when two more gather, or it can go either way or
0: I think there's power there I think there's he promises to be there. So I think there's power when we gather. He tells us to gather like this. And that's part of the premise of this ministry is that we're going to gather like he says with two or three, trusting he's here, and we're going to ask him the questions.
5: Okay, I trying uh, so, to make sure I understand. So you're saying that I mean, it is more common when two or more gather, there is more of an intensity as far as closeness to God. A lot more so than.
0: I would I would say yes to that. I would say it's more maybe the two or three confirm kind of what you're hearing, um, in that process. Yeah.
4: Are you asking it uh, as a feeling, as a person, do you feel more intensity if there are more
1: people around? Well, as opposed to just being by well, yourself?
5: Well as far as intensity as far as closest to God, it's like there's more of a,
2: mm-hmm. a realness, it seems like, as far as being able to hear God closest mm-hmm. to the guide. It seems like
5: that there's more of a connection mm-hmm. to God when two more gathered. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's... Because if that's, I know we're all different individuals and I didn't know if that's where... Some, some, some people have more closeness to God. When, when I say intensity, I'm talking about closeness to God. And okay. I, intensity where it's just about them. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. That's, a great, that's a great question. I, I think growing up, I didn't do that very often, you know, gathering with two or three. Mm-hmm. And so I think totally you can have your own relationship with God and that can be intense and that can be personal that can be you know, real I think I didn't ever kind of take him up on this promise of when you gather like this I'm there there is something different I think about gathering like that uh, I'm not sure I can say yes definitely it's more intense with two or three than it is by you could ever be by yourself but I think there is a promise of his yeah there is a promise of his that something he's going to do something there I don't know if that helps or not that's he's a great question
3: yeah. honor your vulnerability vulnerability as well. Yeah, go ahead.
6: In in my personal law, I I think it it has more to do with individual. um, If you're going through something truly deep, truly um, uh, traumatic, drama, uh, I I think you can be very close leaning on God by yourself. i think it is very uh, it can also be very very lonely and, and having mm-hmm. good friends around you walking you through those times is, is extremely important mm-hmm. um i can go to i think you can go to Job, and, and it, in some of those times Job. Job had three friends off in the distance watching him go through his uh drama and his traumatic experience and they were praying for him and they watched him from a distance the whole time. Um and so I you know I think it's it's different for, for anybody. I think I think you can be extremely close to God by yourself. But in, in my experience it's also really good to have that that tight mm-hmm. friendship. Those people that are absolutely gonna be there for you. Mm-hmm. Um can I say there was a difference um, between the two? No. Was I close to God in, in, in both both times? Yes. But I think I think it really depends on to your question. I think it depends on the individual. Uh, of, of, and I think you can be extremely close to God in both, in both settings. well sir. Somebody else what
0: was, was gonna
3: say over
6: here. Yeah. Yeah. I kind to tie on to that. I think for me, when I've done
2: some of
0: Absolutely. So
3: Thank you. Thank you for sharing the, that. I hope
0: the recording's picking this up. Know, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you've got to be in class to hear it. <laughs> Todd,
3: right? Dream Todd. Yeah, so as you were speaking, and I just feel like your comments are um, kind of agreeing with the, the thoughts I feel like the Lord was putting on me, is um, it's like darkness you were speaking of. And if you've got three people sitting together with flashlights that are all trying to shine for you to find every area, every corner in your heart where there is still a wounding um, that still needs forgiveness, then it's going to be brighter, um, and they're going to help you. And so that intensity, yes, it, it does help um, sitting with two or three gathered in his name. Somebody
0: else has something. I was just going to say that it made
1: me think of um, being alone, you can have a true deep And then you have other people speaking into like, hey, did you think about this? Did you think about this. That that helps open up. Like, oh, I I could not have worked through that or gotten to this point without other people. Mm-hmm. And so then that's an even deeper connection mm-hmm. you have with God. Mm-hmm. And is it because of that the other people were around, like the physical people together? I don't know, but it, it is this the other voices that can come. From the spirit, from other people, mm-hmm. so yeah. I don't I don't know how to wrap that up. That's, that's just, really great. That yeah. That's mm-hmm. how I thought that you know is it is it the fact that the two more people are gathered, the physical? I don't know, but it's the spirit working through other people and everyone's voices that help that deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe everyone feels that
4: that intense. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Thank
4: you. It also makes me think about the phrase of. Um, you know, a strand of one is easily broken a strand of three, it's not because my practice arguments or my discussions with God if I'm one on one it's a whole lot easier for Satan to distract me and then the next thing I know instead of talking about this to God, I'm in an argument full blown with the person yeah. and I'm leaving and I'm charged it's yeah. <laughs> like, well that didn't go how I thought that yeah. prayer was going to go, yeah. you know, and so it kind of makes me wonder yeah. having the other people around to help you stay focused on, mm-hmm. you know, kind of block mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the devil of saying, no, no, we're not letting you in this space. Mm-hmm. Like this space is for healing and yes. for conversation with God yes. versus when I'm one-on-one, it's so much easier for me to go off on my tangent, whether it's my tangent of anger or my tangent of distraction. Yeah. And so, to me, it's kind of like, it makes me think of that, that um, you know, string of three times broken. And so, um, maybe that intensity comes also because it blocks out the distractions where you actually can have that communal conversation mm-hmm. and not let it get
3: blown off course. Yeah, so good, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I know. Thank you all for sharing. Yeah. That was so helpful for all of us.
0: Yeah, I think just what I'm thinking in here also is just the reinforcement of, you, know, you You took care of that. Like friends, brothers, sisters to remind you, you walked through that. Like that, that was real. You know, you have these people around you that can say, yeah, I was there in the room when yeah. you did that. It's done. Mm-hmm. And I've had prayer times with someone in particular who's led several of my prayer times. And so just the friendship of like, yeah, you dealt, with, you dealt with that three prayer times ago. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, that's right. That was that truth I got that time. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm good there. Um, just the beauty that God, I think, made us that way for community and maybe wants us to experience him together like that.
3: And I just love this so much more than just saying, I'm going to pray for you. Like, <laughs> we get to see this happen in real time, like healing. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to just do fr- this real I- quick? I, was also say, I also think
6: there's just some real value in you are naming those things to do it in front of people where they're not judging you back? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right. And I think that yeah. that's huge for us just in our society as we interact. That's the biggest fear is when people do know about this, they're judging yeah, it. Mm-hmm. yeah, and to not have somebody do that, you know, yeah, that be, yeah. That there's so much benefit just in that, right? yeah. So true. Yeah. This is
3: a confidential ministry in case you all did not know that, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Thank you for reminding us yeah. of
5: that. And yeah. maybe something just to add to that, maybe like yeah, well, we had the. Well, we're supposed to love, love love God and our neighbors ourselves. all the commandments are based off that, that we have our time where we have where it's us and, and God. But then when we join two or three in that prayer time, that's kind of a light to show how, as an example, we're supposed to be to everybody in life when we're just not in that two or three, that, yeah. that, that closest that we have and that, that more intensity it seems like that have in the connection with God that kind of shows how we argue each other in that small group that shows like a light of how we're supposed to be outside of that. Yes. Yeah, it's a great example. You truly
3: start seeing other people more like Jesus does after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're out of time here. Y'all's comments made this just so much richer. I appreciate you all just coming out here. We want to say too, like these steps work forgiving somebody else. These steps work forgiving yourself as well. You know, we talked about, I think, a few weeks ago about just holding yourself in contempt for past sins, past mistakes, kind of walking around half-hearted. So walking these steps out with, you know, frankly, I forgive my younger self for that decision, for doing that. You, you were young. You didn't know better. Kind of walking those steps out. And also forgiving God. You know, we, we call it forgiving God. We don't actually forgive God. We don't need to forgive him. But placing unmet expectations on him is common. Um, you know... Just things that we expected him to do that didn't happen. You know, God, I, I thought you would do this. God, I, I, I needed you to do this. I placed this expectation on you. And naming those things out can be powerful as well. Did I yeah. say that? Okay? So yeah.
5: Added, I've heard before about forgiving God. I mean, we said that last week that I've heard with that that we need to forgive God, not because God needs forgiving, because we need that. Is it, It's, it's what, what we need.
3: So next week, um, ungodly beliefs, lies that we have believed about ourselves and or about God.
0: We'll be back teaching this week, and I think the Kegels are after
1: that. So thank you all for
3: being here. Appreciate your comments. Go get your kids.